I don't watch anything unless I'm on a podcast about it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because you have too many podcasts. <laughs> so therefore, you've got to watch too much shit. You've got to leave some space for the yeah. enjoyment of this. I, I went to see Bad Moms for enjoyment, and I was like, I didn't enjoy it, so I might as well podcast about it. There it is. <laughs> Starting off early. Yeah, there we go. Hello, and welcome to Original Remake, the podcast where we look back at an original concept and then Hollywood doubling down and doing it all over again. I'm your host, Michael Deniston, and for this episode, I bring on perhaps the world's biggest Bad Moms fan, Hyro from the True Bromance Film Podcast, to see if its sequel, A Bad Moms Christmas, which just released in theaters, recaptured the alleged magic, or at least the magic that Hyro perceives from the first Bad Moms. And before we get into it, here's the trailer for A Bad Moms Christmas. It's the most wonderful time. Christmas is a magical time, full of wonder, excitement, and joy. A time for making lasting memories with family and friends. But do you know the secret behind what makes Christmas so special? Moms. Moms working their asses off. Cooking, wrapping, decorating, and shopping. I don't think I can do this sober. You guys want to get drunk at the food court? Ooh, yeah. I do this how I like. I'm D-Bow. I feel like a giant stress ball from, like, November to New Year's. Yeah. I spend months picking out the perfect present for everyone. You know the only thing I get in return? Coupons for free back rubs. That's not okay. Bad back rubs. Remember when the holidays were actually fun? Take Christmas back. Where's your tree? I didn't want to waste time Christmas tree shopping. I actually just wanted to enjoy Christmas this year. Amy, you are a mom. Moms don't enjoy, they give joy. That's how being a mom works. Oh. Wow, the house looks really nice. Oh, thank you. Yes. Your dad is awesome. I thought you hated him. Wait, wh- why would you say that? I heard you and daddy in the bedroom. You kept screaming at him. Those were just, they were happy screams. And then you punched the wall and yelled, the F word. Daddy and I were just playing a little fun grown-up game. You played the game seven times. Six and a half. So joining me for uh, this episode would, of course, not be a mother. Why would I do that? Why would I talk to a female podcaster? Do those even exist? I don't think so. It's a myth, like a unicorn. We have Hyro, the world's biggest Bad Moms fan from the True Romance Film Podcast. So I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on uh, this sequel and if it lived up to the first one for you. Yeah, I figured you were just being a little sexist and bringing on a bad dad. It's just like, I don't want this lady aspect of it. I just want to just push them away. You know, this is this is 2017. We're rolling into 2018. We got a, too much feminist stuff. Get them out of here. Bring the dads on. Based on the, uh, the crowd that I watched uh, Bad Moms Christmas with... Uh, not so much. This is definitely one for the ladies. That was actually one of the more pleasant parts of watching this was it was like, it was a matinee showing and it was packed. It was like women, their daughters. It was, it was fun. It was a fun way to see it. So, uh, certainly something like this does make me, um, consider how much garbage is primed just for me and my point of view and how little is out there for, for the lady folk. Cause there are a ton of male comedies like this or raunchy male comedies that we've been getting for decades. Right. Yeah, I had the same experience in the theater both times, actually. It was very much a ladies' night out sort of thing. 
But for Bad Moms Christmas, there were a lot more men in the theater. I think a lot more men, at least of my anecdotally for me, came out to check it out and be part of the party. You know, everybody had their drinks. They were howling. Some of the jokes I didn't even get to hear because people were screaming so loud in the theater. So, like you said, it was just a really enjoyable time uh, at the theater. So, I mean, maybe it is. Uh, uh, I hate to kind of pigeonhole this. This is for the ladies or this is for the moms. But it certainly does cater to that audience. Why not? I mean, it's fun. You know, you, not everything has to be four quadrants. This can be one one for them. But that's not me saying that men can't enjoy this. Because I did enjoy one of these movies and really did not enjoy the other. And I was a bit surprised with this. So I think you and I are going to be opposite ends of the spectrum. Because I know you're a big fan of the original. That's why I invited you on. And I did not see it until two days before. A Bad Mom's Christmas. Basically... I was like, okay, I've got to get around to seeing this. My wife has been wanting to see this, so the sequel's coming out. Now's the time to do it. I, I waited till the fourth quarter with like a minute to go <laughs> to finally throw this on uh, iTunes. And I, I have some questions for you about why the uh, first one, okay. why you thought so highly of it. Because what I do know about you, and this is because of our uh, podcast friendship, our, our very first time, I believe, talking uh, on a, you know, on a podcast, maybe ever actually, as far as in person, not through Twitter, uh, was for Bad Santa on War Machine versus Warhorse. You came on for okay. that pairing, and you really, and I was shocked based on having listened to your show. You were totally against the crass humor, uh, the the Bad Santa character. You you did not dig it at all. And then I watched Bad Moms, and it's in that ballpark. It's in that the humor, that genre. Is, yeah. yeah. So that, that I'm not attacking you, but I'm I am actually interested in what why Bad Moms, the original, worked for you, and something like Bad Santa, which is in that same similar genre, Bad Teacher, all that stuff, Neighbors, right. why that one didn't work for you. Well, Bad Santa in particular was almost to the point of being spirited. It told the same joke over and over and over again, right? It's it's uh, the Santa guy just cursing down this kid, making loved. him feel like crap. Loved it. I mean, it's perfect for you, obviously. <laughs> That's you know right into the game plan, you know. Tom Brady drops back, passes the ball in a short amount of time, over and over and over. Perfect for you. So you it's just riveting badger, badger every a time. child over the head. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Uh, but so that there was nothing, as from a filmmaking perspective, from a comedy perspective, even there's nothing. It, it, I don't want to see someone push the same red button, the the easy button, over and over and over just to get me to laugh, because after a while it just becomes grating. And um, Bad Moms just the humor from that comes from like a a place of familiarity with you know you see all these like facebook memes where they try to explain something in your daily life that kind of irks you but in a funny way you know you see that a lot with you know donald trump or with parenthood or all these things and i, I feel believe like the Bad kids Moms, call that uh, normalizing they try to get you used to all the shitty things in your life like mr yeah. trump yeah i don't really get it <laughs> i just kind of giggle at some of them and this, that's what this movie feels like. Bad Moms felt like that. Like it came from a place that I understood and it took it and ran with it. So there was a little more creativity there. And I mean, I, even then, I just found the humor to be a lot funnier. Maybe. Obviously, it's a subjective thing. You do but, have a point. I mean, because and I'm not we're not we're going to drop the bad Santa thing eventually. But uh, even something like Bad Teacher, which has a singular character, at the very least here, you do have three distinct personality types. You, I mean, right. they're all bad moms, but, you know, Kristen Bell's character is very different from Mila Kunis, who I guess is our protagonist or straight man. And certainly Catherine Hahn is just off the rails. Like, I mean, that's how she's. She's saintly in my book, by the way, just to make sure. Catherine Hahn, saint, sainthood for her. 
that doesn't necessarily surprise me, but I would say she was probably the biggest issue I had with the first film is I, I did think that they put too many eggs in her basket as far as she's the most coarse, most vile one. And I did feel like jumping to the Christmas one, they tamed that back a little bit. But see, I did completely different from you. I, that's, her and her mother were the issue, the biggest issue I had with the second film. I don't know if they were the. I don't think I had any big issue with any of the particular mom pairings, but maybe because Sarandon, uh, you know, there's there's issues in the sequel with Catherine Hahn and her mom, where she's a little bit, yeah, she's a little more emotional. You know, she's not, she's still crass, but she's not. She has some actual stakes in the second one, um, which I, I do think, you know, the Christmas sequel doesn't always handle with particular grace. Um, when they, when they, it's basically like they clue you in, okay, this is the time where we're not going to laugh anymore. And I did have some issues with that, but I, uh, you know, going back to the, the singular characters, I liked in the sequel that we divvied it up even further. I liked throwing three more moms into it. That actually shockingly worked for me. This was not normally these type of sequels. It's like, you know, Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii or whatever that, that, that joke is that Kevin Smith got hired to write that script. You, is it, 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 that was a real thing. No, that was a real thing. That was a <laughs> when what Kevin Smith when Kevin Smith got hired to write uh, Superman Lives, the, the the failed Tim Burton Nick oh, Cage God. thing. Is that the thing where where he's got the shiny blue suit and the long yeah, hair? Yeah, that that time was, period. As, as a movie goer, we really missed out. I would I would love to have seen that. That would have yeah. been great. Um, Warner Brothers apparently offered him a few different properties. And they were like, just here, make a sequel to this X, Y, or Z. And Beetlejuice was one of them, and it was Beetlejuice Goes to Y. According to Kevin Smith, that was a real idea. That was a real pitch. Bad Mom's Christmas is not that bad, is what I'm getting no. at. It's not that ridiculous. But I have okay. seen some I have seen some really negative reviews um, on Facebook uh, from some film critics I followed that were big fans of the first one. So I was primed going into Bad Mom's Christmas thinking this was going to be absolute garbage. And I don't really understand it. Uh, most of the reviews I was seeing were saying that where the first one was very pro uh, woman and and in particular mothers, they said that this one was this one was mean spirited. Did you feel like the Christmas one was because they're the only thing I, I can figure is that the plot is there's some issues between the mothers and daughters, but I didn't find it right. mean spirited. Not at all. I because that is I think that they did actually a pretty good job for me in the sequel with not. I mean, they obviously went for the carbon copy as far as the style and the humor and the jokes. Sure. But as far as the kind of story or the theme that they're trying to go with, it, it twisted it a little bit. You know, it, it went away from the conflict that you have of trying to fit into this society or whatever and juggle all these things to the dynamic between parents and children. And, and as it continues on through life, you know, um, as that like teenager, you've got that angst and crap and you're argumentative with your parents and all that stuff. And and you sort of could, kind of don't get to see behind the curtain until you get to be 30, 40 and start having children, which I'm still recommending that you don't do. But I've gotten to see behind the curtain a little bit and you do feel kind of that that struggle. And I think that they did a great job of of finding something else to do other than, hey, we're going to combat the the other like the other PTA people or all that stuff. They could have gotten even more carbon copy. And I'd, ha I'd have to commend them for that, at least, for giving it a shot. Yeah, I didn't understand that criticism, given that the first film is a true competition between the Christina Applegate character and, and her cronies and Mila Kunis. I mean, it is they do wrap that up in a somewhat, you know, because it's a comedy. It's not like it's <laughs> it's blood sport. You know, right, yeah. <laughs> that. But I didn't I didn't have any issues with uh, you know these grown adults 
not being too keen on their their moms meddling in their lives. And I don't think that's I mean the worst sin you could say about it is it's not particularly original. I mean it's you know it's an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond or it's like every episode yeah. of Everybody yeah. Loves Raymond. But anecdotally, my crowd dug it. Like I mean as I said I was seeing generations of women together and there were very knowing laughs about stuff. So that's why those Facebook memes work so well. That's because true. the Facebook meme is just such a a bullshit joke all the time, but it comes from a place that you know really well. And I think that's the the spirit of these two movies. It, I think it works a lot better in the first one because it's, I think it's a little more like heartfelt than the second one because the second one you feel the carbon copiness if that makes sense like you you've been here before with the with these bad moms and you see those jokes replayed again you know the this we, in our on our podcast when we covered it we talked about the sequence where they're drinking and they're going batshit crazy it's literally lifted from the first and put it in the second right that felt very much like we just need these shots for the trailer. It didn't feel like you actually even needed it in the film, or at least not to the extent that they played it up. Right, right. Um, just enough so people can have a poster of you know the bad moms giving Santa a lap dance. That's really Which, the only again, reason. Again, I uh, com- completely support. But do you feel like the the first one was that different? And I mean, the regard that you know there were just cuts to the bad moms drinking to excess. There were just, I mean, it was a film that loved the montage. So I don't <laughs> a lot. I mean, I, I watched it again today and I was like, wow, there's a lot of montages here. <laughs> just giving karate kid a run for its money. <laughs> like if, if a uh, 40 year old Ralph Macchio in the first karate kid was, you know, downing whiskey, he'd be right here in line with these guys. Here's a, here's a side question comparing it to a, a male version of this, this, uh, genre of films. Um, you know, the hangover Two caught a lot of hell when it came out for being a carbon copy of the, of the first film, same setup, very similar style, a little bit of a twist in that. I do think it was much darker than the first one. At least they, you know, they they tried to double down on the humor and go even more obscene. I mean, is, isn't that what we should expect? Like from comedy sequels, well, I'm trying to think of a comedy part two that has really broken new ground. Maybe Ghostbusters part two. I don't know. There's like a, is that babies. held is that held up in high esteem or I mean, well, the th- it I killed mean, the franchise for, for decades. Me. <laughs> for me it's better than the hangover series because uh spoiler i i saw the hangover once i didn't find it funny so i stopped watching see i didn't like uh, very much like bad moms i didn't like the first one but I, re- I dug the second one quite a bit so why tap into the second one if you didn't do the first one that's a good question because that was pre-movie pass uh i don't know i I think i just went with some friends i don't i don't, I don't think i was like excited about it but i came out and was like Hangover two for me is Hangover one. I was like, just get rid of the first one, and let's just. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Bad Mom's Christmas. I felt like watching the sequel. I understood what you liked about the first one, which I did not like at all. Didn't just didn't care for it. Wow, really? What I mean, because they're almost the same movie. I, yeah, I, I, it's very close. But so what? I guess I need the... six moms. I don't need three. Is not good enough. I need six moms. Well, you had Jada Pinkett there, and you. I thought that trio wasted. Of... I thought she was wasted. Oh, I see. I, Yes, I agree with you. She should have had more stuff, but the little bit that she was given was fantastic because she's just the almost the voice of reason. Like the, she's a different version of that Facebook meme. Mm-hmm. She's that snarky dude on Twitter that throws out the one-liner that really lands hard. And uh, I, I was Christina Applicate was was really over the top, um, and I loved her in that film. I was I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get more of her in the sequel. I I would agree with that. That cinema, especially where the first one leaves off. Yeah, she's it's like once she's vanquished and conquered for the PTA, she's no longer in their their world. She made like a comeback though. I mean, because she's 
got that edge when you do see her in the second one. She's she, she's got a she lot has more probably bite. one of my favorite jokes, you know, where she tells her about something about the filter. <laughs> so I'm so tired. <laughs> it's such a subtle joke that I feel that you know what that joke would fit perfectly in uh, in your crew of friends, you know, in that uh, Louisville chat group. So that's oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, back. I probably have. Uh, I, I'm I usually keep that. Uh, iMessage group chat on mute because I don't know how many times I'll be attacked in a given day. So I just get it over with before I go to sleep at night and just read all the hateful things my friends have said about me. I think maybe I I like that in the Bad Moms Christmas uh, version of these events that the the attacks are within their own household. See, I don't care. Like, and you can speak to more of that as a parent. I don't have any dog in the fight as far as like a PTA race. I don't care what Christina Applegate is doing, really. Like right. my version of that, if I can put myself in the movie, which I love to do. If I'm Mila Kunis, I just don't give a shit. I don't show up to any of this. I don't care. Like I don't try to take the power. I just ignore it, like I did in my school days. I'm just like I don't care about that, so I'm just not gonna show up. You probably have a good point here. You know, again, going behind the curtain a little bit. My wife is a stay-at-home mom now, and uh, my daughter is going to this kind of like uppity school like we live in the neighborhood that has the really really rich nice kids school all that podcasting and, money rolling in. oh yeah it's just rolling in <laughs> you know we live in like a 600 square foot apartment just to go to this <laughs> damn school but uh my wife volunteered to bring in cookies and she went to the store and had the little plastic store-bought cookies and she goes to drop it off and she was she called me crying with laughter because she said that the mom that took it from her who was doing it grabbed the bag like she was grabbing a dirty diaper with like the two <laughs> fingers <laughs> from her and just stared at it for you know she held that that pose like a three point shooter just holding that finger up mm-hmm. and she loved it so in the same way that you are kind of stealing that you know the 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 effect of the joke of the of the pressure of the bullshit you know my wife kind of did the same thing she just she called everybody she knew she like, I had my bad mom's moment and she was laughing and had a good time with it yeah i guess i just you know the situation because everybody's got you know family that uh and in particular probably family members that get on their nerves or that they know they're gonna have to deal with over the holidays i can i'm more attuned to that and i find that to be more awkward and horrific because it's very it's very hard to sever those ties and in particular between mother and daughter here like a child and their parents so that sort of situational comedy I feel like I'm I'm in for the ride, and I understand. You connect with it a little bit more. Right? I understand why the the characters don't have an out here. Really, I mean, they they kind of just have to confront the issue. Whereas in the first one, it's like if you just want to get drunk and don't give a shit, just keep getting drunk. That's all I want to see. Right. So, the dentist and Thanksgiving just came into a whole new. <laughs> I got a whole new perspective of the of that table, that that long table of just angry bitterness. <laughs> love at each other <laughs> funny thing is we're so joyous about it because we share in that cynicism that everyone's in a good mood everyone you know because we're on the same page if someone comes in the worst thing you can do in my family is try to convince the rest of us that something that sucks is actually good or pleasant that i mean people get livid like everybody wants to just you just come to terms with the fact that, that the whole purpose of your podcasting career isn't that what you've been trying to do for you know four years or whatever it is i feel like i have failed because there are still people that are far too positive for my liking dave the grindle over at pop culture case study too many good reviews every week too many too many passes so i yeah i'm gonna keep trying to convince the the world that everything sucks or trying to convince them that shitty things are great, like Red Belt. We could always bring that back up. Sir, how dare you? <laughs> um, that one, yeah, that 
<laughs> we need to do a uh, like a minute by minute podcast on Red Belt, me and you, and it will be the least successful movie podcast of all time. <laughs> Who's gonna download that? I don't know, Tim Allen, maybe some of oh, the episodes that he's Randy on. Couture, his shining moment <laughs> in, in film history. He's gonna be just downloading it. He's gonna be that guy that goes to the Apple stores and makes sure that his uh, Red Belt podcast gets subscribed to, so that he can maybe you know get cast again. Let, let's be fair. I would do that to you. I would be like, Cairo, look at this. It's blown up. I was right. The internet loves this. They love this movie. Um, you mentioned earlier back to bad moms because I'm sure we lost whatever bad moms crowd we have doing a few minutes on Red Belt. <laughs> Red Belt. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. You might like it. Um, you, you said you had an issue with Catherine Hahn and Sarandon. So I want to get back to the pairings that, are, you know, the added mixture of the uh, the previous generation here. Was it Sarandon's doing or is it the effect it has on the Catherine Hahn character bringing her into the mix? I think that it goes back to, again, when Sarandon and Catherine Hahn get together you and they have that back and forth in the snow, you're immediately transported back to the original. You know Catherine Hahn is the uh, – I'll, I'll call her more adventurous one, more crass one, more uh, forgetful one as far as her momhood goes. And you get into this showcase of one-upmanship that goes on far too long. And you really feel that. And I, 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 it just yanks me out of the movie. Whereas, you know, dialing back a little bit, it could have been great. Like they it's like that game where you play with the baseball bat and you put the hand on on and you get to a point. OK, enough is enough. But here they just keep going and going and going. And it just was not grating, but it got a little old after a while. So what which added element did you like best or did, did any of them work as far as in the, the oh, bad love- mom cinematic universe? Oh yeah, no, I, I'm already ready to expand it. I want to go to like, uh, you know, the bad kissing cousins or something like that next year, hopefully. But Christine Baranski, I, I genuinely thought was awesome in this movie. Um, maybe it's because I like that sort of cynicism, that sort of like disdain for her fellow moms or her for daughter or for everything. I saw a lot of uh, you in her. It was just. I'm glad you said that because and her, prodding people. Her, with uh, yeah, her. You know, whether it was on purpose or just genuine lack of care that she could never remember her daughter's uh, boyfriend or her man there, Jesse. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, that stuff really worked for me. I, cause I, oh, yeah, me too. I, I like that, you know, you don't really know. You don't know like if she's just like too in her own world to not remember his name or if it's, as you said, prodding, if she's twisting the knife a little bit. And either way, it works for me. Either Exactly. Either me too. I am always down for a good little racist joke, especially when uh, Latin Americans are involved. I'm all about it. When she tells her to, to eat, she, I, I think she tells him to take the bags upstairs and then gracias at the end. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm there. I gave one of those like loudest cackles in the theater ever. It was it was glorious. I loved it. What about uh, Kristen Bell's uh, mom? I'm I can't remember the actress's name. I know she's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Is that Cheryl, Cheryl Hines? Hines. Yeah, yeah. So Cheryl Hines. I, I I thought the character was good. I mean, the character's funny. It's obviously really played over the top with the the psychosis or whatever that she's going through. This is Zach Galifianakis part from Hangover. It's yeah, just the absolutely. oddball part, right? And it it fits the character that Kristen Bell is playing in the original. Or in the, in the entire series as it is, but where she's definitely like I think C- Catherine Hahn even addresses it every time that I think I'm the oddball here. You open your mouth, and uh, she fits perfectly. I, I enjoyed it. I think you know some of the jokes 
kind of fell flat. Get, keep repeating the cancer joke or whatever it is, cancer of the kidneys or toes or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think he lost his luster after about the fourth time, but I, I dug it. I mean, it, I think she is paled in comparison to the other two as far as the bigness of them. You know, Susan Sarandon is definitely a big character. Po- possibly a lot of it is because she's Susan Sarandon. But and then Christine Baranski had the obviously like the meat part of that. Uh, she's the lead's mom, so she's gonna be, you know, featured more and has that and obviously took it and ran with it. Yeah, I would say that the Cheryl Hines mom worked best for me as far as now there is the sequence where there's a therapist, like a counselor between the two of them. Basically, Wanda Sykes. Yeah, Wanda Sykes basically explains everything. I mean, it's in a much more coarse and jokey manner, uh, whereas. Sarandon's role and Bransky's those those two relationships, you know, they ultimately are defined with very emotional speeches from the various characters. So I like that that one didn't really have that, and I, I like that there was some defense of her odd ways. And I felt like the <laughs> clearly the impact that she's had on Kristen Bell's character, you can definitely see the connection easier as far oh, yeah. as why she is the yeah. way she is. Mila Kunis. Where she is the straight man of this universe, I I don't necessarily see a one to one with her and Christine Bransky as far as the way they act or look right. or you, anything. You, you would believe that Susan Sarandon's character is the Catherine Hahn man. Right. There's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. and there's there's the that genetic ties there and the same thing with uh, Kiki and her mom. But yeah, the the Mila Kunis character is independent of the Baransky character. It's I think those two characters are built to be the, the focal points, and I think that you can't have two straight straight women. You know what I mean? And not by straight and sexual, I mean, like straight man sort of character. I agree. You can't films, we can't have two straight women together. It's like, <laughs> they've got to. <laughs> you're freaking me on for Bound next? Is that what you're doing? I think Wild Things will do with the whole series or something. Good times. I will say, though, uh, that sequence that you talk about with Wanda Sykes, where she kind of – you're. As an audience, you're expecting her to have some sort of funny joke about her mom being such a kook, but she kind of grounds the film there really quickly by explaining basically the entire theme of the film is mm-hmm. like, look, your mom is a mom, just like you're being driven crazy by your shitbag kids. You drove her crazy and you did this to her. So in that singular moment, basically Wanda Sykes is explaining the entire film and I, I, I connected it. I think I landed well. It didn't. It was definitely on the nose, but it was also done in a funny way to, to kind of fit within the framework of this film. So I dug that. Do you like that the kids aren't really that uh, present in this world? Uh, other than – Ca- tall as hell, man. What the hell? I was going to say they Catherine like- Hahn's character is the only one that you see a whole lot of interaction with their parents. I mean the other two – Mila Kunis are basically there to, <laughs> to uh, give smiles or sad faces when she's done something good or bad. Like it's to cue the audience that yeah. she's ruined Christmas or she's made Christmas. As a parent, do you like that? You know, they're they're definitely the reason for the the plot to happen. These are moms, and they're you know they're doing things for their children, but they're uh, you know they're seen but not heard really. As they should be. <laughs> I As figured, they should be. <laughs> I figured that uh, was a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, you just put that on a tee. Like, please. <laughs> I had a, like an extra kid when I got home today. There was like a, one of the neighborhood kids was in here. I'm like, my fucking God. <laughs> As if two wasn't enough, like yelling and throwing things around. Well, like, at just, least you noticed. I mean, you didn't, yeah. <laughs> you didn't just assume it was, you know, one that you'd uh, forgotten about, you know, for a few There years. is that possibility. I've had some drunken moments in my life, but uh, well, I'll digress on that. Um, 
I, maybe they just couldn't afford the old, the big Una Lauren salary anymore now that she hit big on Beguiled, right? Maybe she could. <laughs> I had not considered that. <laughs> she hit big now. She's good. I mean, you can't afford her. You're lucky you got two minutes of her time. I, uh... I'm going to have to say that uh, also it's a little question for me that I love that. I love that we don't hear too much, see too much from them. Uh, we just know that they are parents. I don't really yeah, care. Just pour the booze. Just get these kids out of here. Yeah. I think that's exactly how, if you look at it from a parent perspective, the more you drink, the less you hear them. So <laughs> that's kind of what the whole story is going, man. They're always drunk. They're having a good time. I don't hear that crap in the background. Um, I, I I have a question for you, man. I asked this question on our podcast when we were when we reviewed it. So now that you've seen the first two, do you feel that we one need another one, or is another one justified? Or B, have we already gotten what we need out of it? Let's just cut our stop and not go the Fast and the Furious route with this. I mean, you you probably got what you needed out of the uh, out of it with the first time around. I don't know if you need. Bad Mom's Christmas, even though I prefer it and I actually liked it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a, you know, a Vegas version if that's where they're leaving. You know, this, I, I don't think there's any, I mean, I think back to the uh, movies I really dislike, the National Lampoon stuff, like those, the vacation movies. Like, I, I didn't I, even like Christmas one. I watched about half of it. I, I, I hate Chevy Chase. I just despise. You're a savage of a human being. Despise his face. I, I, talk about mugging. Should be revoked. Oh, yeah. What's Chevy what? Chase. That's, you know, that's a, uh, if that's your line in the sand. The first one and the Christmas one are American treasures. God awful. His, his, just the mugging. I just can't, cannot stand it. I just think, I didn't think he's one of the least funny creatures. That's the to comedy of the day. I mean, that was. Right off of Saturday Night Live for the day with the Gerald Ford falling down jokes and that's the way it was in the in the late seventies, early eighties, man. Oh, you know, didn't last. <laughs> Where's Chevy now? Oh, <laughs> Unloved. Still <laughs> reviled. He's still bitter at uh <laughs> he's still bitter at Peter Venkman for uh, for taking all the real fame. Who who's it that he rivals? I don't know. He rivals somebody there. I, I believe he's like one of the most hated celebrities <laughs> in Hollywood. So anyone who works with him maybe is considered a rival of his. But anyway, the I could I could easily see like Bad Moms. You know, I'm sure back then people might have been like, oh, that one wasn't as funny as the last one. But I think this is sort of like a it's sort of a podcast sort of like cinephile type question. And I think this is one of those things where they can make as many as they want until whoever the fans of Bad Moms don't feel like showing up anymore. You know, this isn't Citizen Kane. It's not like you're, you're ruining people's childhood you're, by going back to the well. Disrespect here! How dare you? This is this is the Citizen Kane of uh, of uh, ladies' night out movies. I don't know. That's an interesting question. The sad part is, is you know, no offense to Bad Moms, that it would even be up for contention. That <laughs> that there would be so few. That it would be up there. I don't know. But well, I mean, if you refer to the thing, what's Citizen Kane isn't exactly a guy's night out movie. When you talk about the rich, Citizen Kane guys. of guys' night out movies, we're talking about like Rambo Part 5 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, in none of those, you know, they're not offensive if they make a sequel. But could they have stopped? Yeah, certainly they could stop at one or two and been fine. I mean, you, you have the Rocky series, which, I mean, Rocky was, uh, you know, best picture. And then they end up becoming, you know, kind of trashy genre boxing movies. 
but they're okay. People love the the fourth Again, one. The insults to America. I don't know what's going on here. How's that? Wait, how's that, an, uh, how's that an insult? Like, I, Rocky IV is a national treasure. But there probably would have been people like if they were doing podcasts at Rocky two and three that would have been like, you know, Rocky one was so great, and now they're just ruining it by just cranking out sequels. But then you get to Rocky four, which now is some sort of classic. So. I don't know. What I'm saying is maybe well, Bad Moms Four. Assholes, then I think that's what we're coming to here. Podcasts well, that's, are just assholes. You you knew that you know, thirty minutes ago. <laughs> if you're listening to this, but what I'm saying is Bad Moms Four. Maybe some classic if we can just get to that. I don't know. I have no issue with it. Yeah, if they want to do Bad Moms in Vegas, go for it. I check bad it out. Bad Moms fighting the Russians. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, you could go, you could go extreme with it, but uh, yeah, I mean film podcasters and film Twitter are the worst. I remember when they freaked out over uh, uh, the the Sony leaks. Twenty One Jump Street was going to combine with Men in Black, and they, you would have thought that was like just something like the devil's work or something That's like a cool idea. I'll I'll watch that. Is anyone cherishing their like Men in Black trilogy where it's like no, no, no. this is breaking all the rules? Who cares? Have some fun yeah. with it. I'd watch that. I mean, I, I'd, I'd see what they want to do with it, especially since both have their their fun pedigree. You know, they're both enjoyable escapist movies. Whatever, shove them together. Who cares? What Make would you like to see Bad Moms shoved together with? If we're going to cross uh, to another comedy franchise, ooh, I'd like to see Bad Moms cross with. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough question. I, I you know, I my immediate thought was to you know some of the other comedies that uh they kind of tried to piggyback off the genre rough night and and uh and those but at that point i'm just trying to have bad moms prop them up more than mm. anything else right but yeah and I, I like to see like bad moms in the fast and the furious franchise or something really ridiculous if they're gonna do something just go over the top with it who cares bad moms in fast and furious bad moms in the lego movie <laughs> <laughs> Bad Moms and Hateful Eight. I think the Lego movie is actually not bad as far as... Put them all in like a winter cabin for a Hateful Eight and have one of them be murderous and then have the just drink and have strippers. I don't know. What about what about a particular... Uh, if you were going to add a uh, bad mom here, if you're gonna, like a Ghostbusters thing where you're, you're going to bring in a new new team member into this, who, what, what's a another actress and uh, you know maybe their their mother you would throw into the mix if you could bring in uh, two different generations of ladies to add here? An older lady. Oh, man. Uh, okay, you brought up the, the Ghostbusters. What's the... Uh, I like her on Saturday Night Live, the older one, the oldest one, um, African-American lady. Uh, what's her name from Ghostbusters? Is it Leslie Jones? Leslie Jones. Yep. I think I like Leslie Jones a lot on Saturday Night Live. Is she still on Saturday Night Live? I haven't watched this I think season. she is. I think she's still okay. on, yeah. Yeah, I haven't wa- have a chance to watch this season, but I think she'd be a great addition. I think she'd bring a little, a little, uh, a little bit of a different tone. You know, she's a little bit of a more boisterous person. I think that'd be fun. What about her mom? Who, who, who's the who's the older lady that would, that would play her mother? She's a little. She's she's in her fifties, I think. Is she that old? I thought she was in her thirties. Leslie Jones. I mean, I, I don't know. She, <laughs> have you like have, have, have you followed her career for so long? I, I only know her from Saturday Night Live, so I thought she was you know mid thirties or something. Or nineteen sixty seven. She's fifty years old on the dot. Okay, so you're saying she needs to bring a daughter, a younger actress. Yeah, she's got to be the bad mom. Yeah, she's got to be the grandma because we're, we're like bringing these octogenarians on here. <laughs> bad moms at the nursing home. There you go. Hmm. Bad moms meets Cocoon. 
of Cicely Tyson up in there. <laughs> God. <laughs> See, now that would be the point where people are like, all right, this is no Rocky Four. <laughs> well, Cocoon did have a lot of sexual stuff going on there. That's like the pre-Viagra days, too. Like the spaceship comes down or mm-hmm. whatever, and they're all randy and getting it on in the pool. It's kind they of were, erotic. They were, yeah. they were going somewhere with this, man. Have Leslie Jones and her mom. You know, bad moms meets Cocoon. There you go. Have a space alien sort of uh, vibe to it, too. Jesus Christ. Um why, old people can't get it on. Why are you being so ageist? I'm I'm not ageist. I like that uh, Meryl Streep Tommy Lee Jones movie where it's like they go to sex therapy with Steve Carell. I I, I was totally down to see uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, lay the pipe on old Meryl again. You have to pick up his jowls, all that skin that's coming off his face, man. It's just <laughs> sorry. It was like little love handles on their on, except she just hold on to his face. You know, it could, it could be little Fifty Shades, could claw like him up a little bit. Like having sex with a basset hound <laughs> at this point. It's, good. it's, good. it's like it's, alive as a cuddly. Not as lovable, not as cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather hear a basset hound bark than hear Tommy <laughs> Jones just stare at me ornerously. <laughs> Have we given just our listeners up. enough imagery that they're like, I all right, so. no more bad moms ever, please. <laughs> Yeah, Leslie Jones and Meryl and Tommy Lee Jones and the cocoon pulled together just uh, going to town. So, yeah, it's pretty we disturbing. All these old people do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're definitely not trying to bring in the uh, the younger crowd there. So, I don't know. I'll throw in. Uh, I like Tessa Thompson. How about that? I'll throw her in as a, as a younger mom. How about that? She's pretty funny in Thor. Uh, you know who would actually fit well is, and now that you bring it up, is uh, uh, Salma Hayek. I think Salma Hayek, she's got that sassy attitude as well. Like, I feel like it needs a little more. I mean, Catherine Hahn holds the like wild child character, but I feel like there needs to be like a louder character, somebody just even more over the top than her that would kind of offend her a little bit. But with more like surgical precision as far as their jokes, like a little more intelligence. Because I mean, as you said, she's just wild and just say whatever. Yeah. Like more attitude-y, I guess, is what I'm going with. And I think that Salma Hayek definitely fits that bill. I think Tommy Lee Jones does. We'll just <laughs> keep it. <laughs> just sitting there staring angrily at you. <laughs> just, you can have Tommy Lee Jones kind of in the background the entire time. <laughs> just replace Peter Gallagher, and he's just angry and staring. Like angry cat. <laughs> we get a memes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our uh, our cast full of you know fifty to seventy year olds, and uh, we're gonna have throwing some memes for the kids. This is why we podcast while we're not in charge. Uh, tell people where they can uh, find more of your your meme commentary on your podcast on Marcus Played the new joint, the joint venture that we've got with a couple of uh, our cohorts over there at FollowingFilms.com. You and I launched this. Make sure to credit it's it started with me and you, and we have opened the doors to some. Uh, B list, C list players to come in. Well, you know it's the it's the holiday season. It's the time for giving and taking in the homeless and some of the less fortunate. So we you know giving them a handout and helping them out a little bit and helping them put out some uh, quality qu- content for once. Yeah, for the but, first time. First time. But you can also find me at the True Romance Film Podcast anywhere. If you enter that into Google, you'll find us. Thank you for listening to Original Remake. Hopefully you are subscribed on iTunes or you follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Original Remake. 
You can continue the conversation with us or just keep listening. We appreciate either one. You can find the show at followingfilms.com alongside Mark S. Played, the movie podcast on movie podcasts that I co-host with Hyro and some other assorted film podcasters. And hopefully while you were giving us all of those follows, before you know it, we will have another episode of Original Remake next time on the two feature-length film versions of Incredible Hulk, both the Edward Norton Marvel Cinematic Universe version from 2008 and Ang Lee's 2003 not-so-beloved version with Eric Bana. Until then, here's probably the last reference we ever make to the Bad Moms Cinematic Universe. Kiki, it's Amy. Hi. Um, I was actually calling to see uh, if you'd like to join me at the movies today. Are we allowed to do that?